In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We would all love to know more about the early life of Jesus on earth, but God has caused only one story of Jesus' childhood to be recorded. The time when Joseph and Mary lost Jesus for three days. Imagine that. Every parent knows the terror that we experience when you turn around and discover that your child, who was right there, has suddenly disappeared. But of course, after a moment of panic, I'm sure you found your child just around the corner. But can you imagine what it would be like to lose your child for three days? How many tears must have been shed as Mary and Joseph retraced their steps back to the metropolis of Jerusalem? And perhaps Mary's anguish was greater because she knew that her child was the Savior of the world. Mary, God honored you above all other women. He entrusted the Messiah into your keeping. And you mean to tell me that you've lost him? You can't find not just your child, but the promised Savior that believers for centuries have been awaiting. God Almighty was miraculously conceived in your womb as part of the cosmic plan to destroy sin, death, and hell. And you don't know where he is. But I think these top-level concerns must have taken a back seat to simple, raw, maternal anguish. Mary had lost her dear child. And I can't even imagine what she was going through as she and Joseph spent three days looking for him. Imagine that someone wrote a book of your child's upbringing, but the only story they included about your parenting was the time that you lost your child for three days. Think about that. It's the only example we have of Mary and Joseph as parents. I'm sure there were a thousand other stories that Mary would rather have been recorded. So why did God include only this one in the Bible? Among other things... This story provides us a glimpse of the mystery of Jesus' two natures, being both God and man at the same time. Jesus, the author of God's law, the one who gave Moses the Ten Commandments, sits humbly at the feet of the teachers and listens attentively to what they have to say. Jesus, who has all the power and authority in the universe, then meekly submits to his mother and stepfather and returns home with them. Jesus, who is the sum total of all wisdom and knowledge, nevertheless grows in wisdom. How can these things be? This is the mystery of the God-man. Or at this point, we might say, the God boy. When some people tell this story, they imagine Jesus sitting in the temple teaching the elders and scholars. But that's not what the Bible says. 
We are told that Jesus was listening to the teachers and answering their questions. In the Hebrew way of teaching, the rabbis ask questions and their students answer. And here is Jesus, the Word of God incarnate. You could say he wrote the Bible. And yet, he is sitting under the teachers of the law. Every one of us lives under laws. We live under the law of God, and we live under the law of man. God, of course, is the author of all. He's above all these laws. He wrote them. But in Galatians, we read that when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law. As a man... Jesus had come to live under the law that we were unable to keep and to fulfill it for us. We can sum up God's law in the Ten Commandments. And the first three are about God. We ought to love God and love His Word. Jesus submits to this law. His parents brought him to the synagogue, to church, to hear God's word every Sabbath. And every year on the great feast of Passover, they brought him to the temple. This story shows us how eager Jesus was to hear and learn the word of God. He cherished it above everything else in the world. And even after the feast was over, he remained in the temple to sit And listen and learn the Holy Scriptures. Jesus loves God perfectly as no one else has ever done. The rest of the Ten Commandments are about how we are to love our neighbors. Beginning with our father and mother. Parental authority is the foundation for civilization. And when parents lose their authority... Countries and governments and empires crumble and fall. We are witnessing this today in America. Parents are either unaware of their responsibilities for their children or are unwilling to meet them. And the greatest responsibility of all parents is to feed and nourish their children with the word of God. And we see all of this happening in the story of 12-year-old Jesus. Even though his parents were sinners, and even though they blew it royally by losing their son for three days, yet they had been doing their most important duty, bringing their child to the house of God and teaching him to love the Scriptures. And Jesus, who was entirely without sin, was perfectly obeying the Ten Commandments, loving God with his whole heart, and loving his neighbors, which included honoring and obeying his mother and stepfather. Now, when Mary and Joseph find Jesus after searching for three days, there's a bit of reproach in Mary's question. Child, why have you treated us in this way? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Jesus is genuinely surprised at her question. 
As the eternal Son of God, he had an innate connection with his true Father. Didn't they know this? Didn't Mary know that of course he would be about his Father's business? One could argue that Jesus' answer is meant to remind Mary that God, not Joseph, is his Father. This, of course, is perfectly true. Jesus is talking as the Son of God. But he is also talking as the dutiful Son of Mary. And because he is a dutiful Son of Mary and Joseph, he places devotion to God's Word above devotion to them. This is how we honor our mother and father. We do so by honoring God who commands us to honor our parents. To place obedience to God above mother and father is to honor mother and father. In fact, nothing can bring Christian parents more honor than when we love and cherish God's word above all else. When we look at the boy Jesus, we are looking at our God. We are looking at our Savior. God joined the human race to do as a man what God required of men. We owed God our obedience and we couldn't give it. We couldn't keep the Ten Commandments perfectly. We couldn't love God. We couldn't love our neighbors or honor our parents. So God became one of us in order to do what we could not. He took upon himself our duties. He did our duty to God. He did our duty to our neighbor. He did it for us. We marvel at this mystery. He who knows everything learns from the teachers of the Holy Scriptures. He who rules all submits to his mother. He who is the source of God's favor to us grows in that same favor. How can this be? Well, we can't explain this mystery. The mystery of Christ who is both God and man. We can only believe in him and in his perfect life and death for us. Jesus, who is the temple of God, was there in the temple learning of the Passover, and yet he himself was the true Passover sacrifice. Do you think the teachers of the law knew this? I doubt it. And yet Jesus humbled himself and learned from them. Today we find in Christ's church what Jesus found in the temple. He studied the scriptures and found his identity as the true Passover lamb. So we too study God's word and find our identity in Jesus, our Savior and our brother. We study the law of God and find our Passover lamb who has fulfilled God's demands and shed his blood in our place. Jesus has lived the holy life 
of every boy and girl, every man and woman. He has died our death so that we are not afraid to die. And he lives again as the first among many to be raised to new life. One thing is needful, and Jesus teaches us what it is, to hear and learn the word of God, which shows us our Savior, the Son of God, and the true Passover Lamb. In his name, amen.